Our God is so big, so remarkable, that there's just nothing that's impossible for him. You know, our world can be filled with darkness, depression, despair. Yet Jesus is there for us the minute we cry out to him to save us. And when he does, all of that becomes a part of the past. Philippians 3 Verses 13 and 14 says this, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, we can have many twists and turns, ups and downs, but through it all, the Lord is working out his plan in ways that we could never foresee. My guest on this episode has seen the truth of this passage over and over again in her life in real time. And the result is that she is a woman that is all in for Christ. Hi, disciples, and welcome to the Creator's Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Matson, and my guest for the next two episodes is Western painter Summer Spitzbergen. Now, Summer is a painter whose career is pressing forward, and so is her passion for Christ. Her story is filled with light, the light that can only come from a relationship with Jesus. Oh, man, let's sit down and talk with Summer. Summer Spitzbergen, welcome to the Creators Calling Podcast. Hello, thanks so much for having me. I'm I'm really really excited to be joining. You know, it's I have been seeing your work here and there, and it is really exciting to see what the Lord's doing. And it just seems like you're getting your work out more. There's more exposure, and the Lord's really moving uh, through you and bringing your work to the forefront here. And of course. It's all to his glory. And I'm so excited just to hear your story and all that the in your life. It's it's really great. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's been it's been quite a journey. I feel like I'm just getting started and yeah, all those things that you just said, it's it's that's what's happening right now. And it really every step has just been directed by the Lord. The Lord has just opened every door and you're absolutely right. It's all it's all just been directed by him and for him. So, yeah. It's uh, it's so great. You know, uh, Kenzie Artfitch is the one who she said, I don't know if she had a communication with you and she was kind of been following me. And Kenzie was so excited. And I had seen your work here and there. And I thought, oh, man, the minute she brought you to my attention, or I thought, oh, we got to do this. So, oh, yeah, she she is absolutely amazing. I don't I don't know if it's official or anything, but I consider her a mentor in my life, of course, as an artist, but also as just, you know, a, an amazing woman who, who loves the Lord. And we have very, very similar um, visions and goals. And she's she's just a, a voice of wisdom for me. So I just, I so just adore her and honor her. And she's, yes, she's, she's amazing. And you know, what's hilarious. We've not actually met in person. Oh, <laughs> um, no kid. Okay. No, um, it's all, we've, we've chatted on the phone a bit. Um, we've, we've messaged back and forth um, a ton. And so it's like, 
we we continually tell each other we're like i can't believe we haven't actually met in person yet but but we feel like we have and so it's it's been really really cool you know that is the nature of this world isn't it nowadays it it's, is. it's so different oh good grief <laughs> but you yeah. know it's so great how the Lord makes those connections, and you couldn't ask for a better mentor. That's for darn sure. Let's start here, Summer. Let's start. Tell us a little bit about your background, like where you were raised, you know, all of that. And we're going to start with, I always love to start the podcast, with how did you come to know the Lord? And then we're going to we'll move on from there. Okay, awesome. Oh, I love it. I love those questions. Um yeah, so I was I was actually born in Montana. I kind of I jumped around a bit. Um, I was born on a ranch up there um, near Augusta, and my dad was a ranch hand for the Broken O at the time, and my mom had me in in um, the ranch hand cabin. <laughs> so it was kind of fun. Like I, whenever we go visit Montana, I'm like, oh man, you know the place of my the place of my birth, and so. Um, when we moved, I was still really little. I was, I was one, I think. And we oh, moved wow. to Southern Colorado, which is where we had um, some family. My dad's side of the family is, is we had roots down there. And so um, that's where I grew up until about eight years old. Um, mm-hmm. And so living there was, was just so much fun. Like for me, Southern Colorado, Pagosa Springs is actually the name of the town that I was, that we lived in um, and we still visit continually, but it's like more exciting than Disneyland for me. It's, just, it's so beautiful. Like just everything about it. I, I love, and the people are just amazing. So yeah. Um, so I grew up, I didn't actually grow up on a cattle ranch, um, but I was surrounded by them and some good family friends had some ranches uh, in that area. And so we would, we would go out and just, you know, do pack trips. And my dad was, was a hand here and there. And then he did elk hunting guides, you know, throughout mm-hmm. the Rockies. And so I was just, I was always around, um, nature and, you know, specifically the Rocky mountains. And so that's kind of where my roots are in terms of, you know, just where, where I ran around as a kid and the, the, the place that I really just absolutely love and adore is, is southern colorado area and just that the whole that whole area i love um so yeah i grew up there until i was about eight and then sadly we moved away it was actually in um around 2008 and so obviously things were crazy so we had to move unfortunately to um central california bakersfield area Mm -hmm. and spent the rest of my high school years, almost all through high school. And so I was very bummed. I was really sad to leave <laughs> my, you know, my little mountain town. I was, I was just, I was devastated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I think, you know, my parents both were too, my dad, especially, he just, you know, he's always loved, loved being out there in the wilderness and, and everything. So he was, he was sad to leave, but we had to do what we had to do as with many families around that time, around the crash. And yeah. so, um, you know, things were crazy. So yeah, we got out to Bakersfield and I was trying to adjust to city life the best I could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but my, my cousins lived down the street from us. So we lived in more of a suburban area at that point. And they had, it was the acre lots um, in this neighborhood. And so some of them had, horse facilities and so I was able to 
basically run down the street anytime I wanted and hang out with my cousin's horses. And they were just always so generous and their neighbors were, um, she's a horse trainer. And so I basically, I was, I was like, you know what? I, I really want to learn how to ride. I really want to learn, um, or ride better. And, and just, I, I, I love horses. I want to be around them. And so she made a deal with me, little eight-year-old girl. She's like, all right, well, you come and you help out around the stables and you muck stalls and this and that, and I'll give you horse lessons because we know that horses are not cheap. And so my parents, parents, um, you know, they weren't in a place to buy me a horse and do all this stuff for me. And so um, I was like, okay, I'll do whatever it takes to to be able to ride and, and stay in the stay in the scene so I did that for oh goodness maybe six years um kind of trading you know working working around the stables for for being around horses and that's that's really where I think my love for for horses that that's around the area or the time era that that I just I attribute that to is is being around them all the time as a kid and just for me, it's, it was like second nature, just being around animals and horses. Mm-hmm. Um, so still hadn't lived on a cattle ranch at that point. Um, when I was 16, we just had some life changes within the family. And we ended up moving to my mom and I and us four kids, because I'm one of four siblings. Mm. Um we moved down to San Diego. So we're just getting more and more citified. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is, this. wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so at that point, um, and I'll, I'll kind of start to share like within, within this storyline of me kind of bouncing around, I'll kind of start to share more of my testimony. Cause now we're kind of getting to the point where things, um, things get crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, and- uh, you know, I'm, what a change, Montana and Pagosa is such a you know, it's a fantastic area. Uh, yeah. so all of that to Bakersfield, you talk about a shift. It's like oh, man, yeah. we used to show it horses was. all through that country, and oh, it's yeah. oh god. And back in those days, Bakersfield was a little old town. It had a heavy. Real, in those days, it really had a heavy vaquero uh, influence in that. Yes, but you know, yes. it's so different now. So I'm just in my mind as you're describing this. I'm thinking, boy, Hattie, that is a lot of change coming yeah. along. And now to yeah. San Diego. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And so at this point, I had, um, you know, I really just changed to the culture and kind of just conformed to like where I was living. And so, you know, went went to San Diego. And that's actually where I spent my senior year of high school. There was a lot going on again, as I mentioned, just big family changes um, and so, yeah, for me, I think, you know, looking back, I'm like, wow, that's a big deal to, to go, you know, switch high schools your senior year. But I yeah. was, I was kind of, um, I kind of started going downhill at that point. Um, I think from, you know, the age of 16 to, to 18, were just really, you know, the, the really intense years of my life. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, went to high school there at, Point Loma um, High School, which is basically right next to Point Loma Nazarene University, which is where my sister was going at the time. Um, and yeah, spent spent my senior year there. Um, and so I, I I never I never dreamed at that point what my future would hold. Like looking back right now, where I am right now, um, 
looking at myself then, I just I never would have seen this this kind of stuff coming where I am now. So I'll 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 kind of unfold the story yeah. here now and how I got to the point of being where I am now, living on a cattle ranch um, with my family. And so so yeah, so try to try to regroup here. Um, I think there was just a lot that took a toll on me personally as you know, 16 year old girl family, the family dynamic completely changed. You know, my, my parents, I love both my parents so much. They're absolutely amazing. Um, they were doing, you know, what, what they felt was right at the time. And there's just been incredible, you know, reconciliation since then, but, um, my parents, you know, split. And so that was kind of the, I think the root of everything. Mm -hmm. And I think the way that I processed it, was I just tucked everything really deep down inside. And up to this point um, in my life, I had, you know, we had, we had gone to church a few times, kind of, you know, Christmas and, and Easter, that kind of thing, you know, just kind of going to church every now and then I would go, I actually went to the rock church down in San Diego a few times um, Mm. when I was living there as a senior, but I, I would not have, you know, I was not living, um, I, I was not living right. And so, um, yeah, the, the, those months of my senior year in high school, I just, again, my, my parents did a good job with, you know, with everything that had happened. They did a good job of, you know, checking in on us kids and just making sure that, that things were, you know, as much as they could, that mm-hmm. they pay with us. But I was, again, I, I didn't really know how to process it and handle it. And so I just tucked, you know, pushed things deep down inside, basically to the point where I had, um, I developed just such a numbness to life and in such an intense way that I, I, you know, got into just some really bad habits, just really became very depressed, became very just, you know, um, full of anxiety, depression, um, just fear. And, and I started to get just overwhelmed by that kind of stuff. And soon I found myself and I did not do a good job of making friends my senior year of high school. Like I just, I was such a, I was so numb to life. Like, and I just, I didn't realize it. And, you know, my parents, they did, they did what they could, but I did a really good job of just, you know, holding things in again. Mm. So I, I actually started to develop an eating disorder and just everything that goes along with that. And things got, got so intense by the time I graduated high school, I started just, you know, cutting people off out of my life. Um, any voice of someone who was trying to help, who kind of maybe saw what was going on, I just, you know, wasn't having it shut people out, um, you know, kind of just, just started diving deep into this, this real intense, just place of darkness. Um, and I was about, I think I was, um, I graduated at 17 years old. So I'm, you know, between 17 and 18 at this point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just everything that goes along with that from relationships to just, you know, bad habits, just crazy, crazy stuff. So, um, saying all this to say, you know, I, I did not, I, I did not, um, have a relationship with Jesus. And, um, so I started working at this restaurant out, out basically straight out of high school 
um, just kind of put everything on hold. It's like, you know, I don't know if I want to go to college. I don't know if I want to do this or that. And of course, throughout all this, you know, I'm, I'm kind of painting, I'm kind of, you know, doing art, but I never would have imagined that I would be able to be an artist later on in life. And so mm. I'll talk more about that too. But now I'm going to kind of focus on my testimony and how that really ties into where I am right now. Um, yeah, so um, I just started working at this restaurant um, straight out of high school. Didn't know if I was going to go to college. Um, just didn't didn't really have a vision for my life. Um, but obviously I knew. I was like, oh, man, I'm 18 now. Um, I just had, you know, I, I didn't have a whole lot going for me. And that was due to the, you know, the place that I had put myself in. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, real, just intense, just overwhelming, you know, crazy stuff and so everything that goes along with that you know from relationships to just bad habits and just doing all the wrong things and trying to find all the right things in all the wrong places and it's Mm. like it's kind of your you know your your typical um storyline of you know i think similar to kids who maybe come from broken homes and it's like man you can kind of see how things spiral to the way that they get so anyways um i'm i'm basically to the point of uh trying to keep my outside appearance together enough to where that people wouldn't say a whole lot or you know try to try to do too much in terms of reaching out anyone who was you know who who saw what was what I was going through mm-hmm. um so I had started I, I worked at this restaurant for about eight months and the lady who hired me um her name is Brittany she was the manager of that restaurant um she she really liked me. She was like, Oh man, I really want this girl to be working at my location. So she worked out everything she could. Little did I know she, she's just an amazing uh, woman who loves the Lord. And I didn't know that at the time. So I think she, she all along was trying to help me out. So, so I'm working for her for about eight months and um, she had invited me to church a few times throughout the time I worked there. And I was not having it. (laughs) I no, sorry, not for me. Um, You know, I I go to church sometimes, so I'm good. So she, you know, she was just so uh, kind and just humble throughout this whole thing. And and I could tell she was just working on me. So months go by and almost to the eighth month of me working there, I, I became, I got to such a low point where I was borderline, um, not suicidal, but it was, it was almost, you know, just to the point of if I lived another day, it wouldn't matter kind of thing. And, um, just deep into just crazy darkness. And I was, um, you know, mind you, I I was, I was into a lot of different things. Like I was, I was pretty new age. I was pretty, um, I was so just influenced by, you know, the culture of San Diego really. And, and a lot of that is just, you know, a lot of the roots of it is just, you know, Hinduism and, and, you know, stuff like that. And, and more of just a humanistic point of view where, you know, accept everything and, and, um, and all that. So I, mm-hmm. so I got into, you know, all that kind of stuff and it just spiraled me so deep. It just, I mean, I remember just being so fearful every day and just, you know, the, my the eating disorder had just gotten so intense and um, it got to a point where somebody in my life who was close to me called it out and they said listen you need help and so um, I had a moment of you know just breaking because it had gotten so intense so I was like okay you know I'll I'll get help 
to basically appease you kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I I started going to therapy and, um, you know, I I did what they were asking. I kind of started their program of what they do for for people like that. And and they did what they could, you know, Mm -hmm. to to the best of their ability. But nothing, you know, there wasn't any progress being made. And it was around that time, I think it was in, within a few weeks of that, my boss, um, Brittany, the gal I had mentioned, she, she said, listen, we're having some special, we're having a special guest speaker at my church, you know, no pressure, but I'd love for you to come as my guest. And we just, we, you know, it'll be fun and no pressure, but, but I'd love to bring you. And I, I don't even remember like saying yes, or I'll go, but I was just like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll come, um, you know, almost to appease her as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Great, yeah. Now everybody's on my case. Yeah, so, yeah. So, um, she, I think she had picked me up. Um, so we go to, to her church and it's a special guest speaker. It was just kind of a whole event out in their parking lot and just a lot of outreach they were doing. Mm-hmm. And so I came and, and I just remember being like, you know, man, I haven't, okay, you know, these people seem cool. I haven't been to a church like this. Um, I've, I'd only, you know, been to like the big mega churches. Um, and I just remember listening to this guest speaker and, and just kind of, you know, just kind of going along with it. And then at the end of the end of that, that night at that service, they did an altar call and i I didn't know what an altar call was. Um, had no idea. Had never done anything like that. It looked so awkward to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even remember, you know, word for word what the um, what the guest speaker, you know, called some people up for. But but basically, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna go up and I'm, I'm gonna. Um, I just felt somehow compelled to walk to the front and get prayer. Something I had literally never done before, and I thought wow. it was. You know, it was just awkward, you know? And so I, I go up and and all of a sudden I just get slammed, like just just slammed by by something I'd never felt before, which um which was just I I felt now I look back and I'm like, well, that was conviction, you know. And so mm. I just suddenly so many things became very apparent to me. And I just remember going to the front and it wasn't even like the guest speaker was saying anything, you know super special or like, you know, anything, anything crazy, but I, I just, I mean, God's timing of, of all that. And so what happened at there at the altar, I just remember him starting to lead people through basic salvation. And I had, again, I had, you know, quote unquote, said the right prayers up to that point in my life. I'd gone to church a few times. I loved, you know, I loved God to as much as I knew how, Mm-hmm. And when I was up there at the front of of this, you know, this place, I I just got everything in me just completely broke. So so that wow he comes up, he prays for me, and basically um, starts leading me through the basic prayer of salvation. Or you know, not not to say it's basic or ordinary or anything, but um, it. I just remember being like, okay. I'll say this, even though I feel like I've said it before, um, even though, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I necessarily need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think he said something along the lines of, you know, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart and he's knocking hard. And, and you know, it's, it's up to you basically to respond right now. And so in that moment of time, it was probably, you know, a few seconds, but all of a sudden I just felt this intense urge 
in my being of like, you know, like suddenly I was facing eternity. And for me, it was, you know, maybe different than some other people's experiences, but I was literally facing eternity because I had thoughts in my mind going of, you know, if I, if I die tomorrow, it wouldn't matter. Or if I, and it, at that point it was very real. Like there were, there were times where my body was just shutting down just, you know, due to the abuse I was putting myself through. And so it was just intense, intense stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I was basically facing eternity at that moment. And I remember thinking like, um, for the very first time, I was like, you know, what if I, what if I go to hell if, if I were to die, you know? Oh yeah. And, and just that intense intenseness hit me at that moment. And all of a sudden, um, I think the man said, he said, you know, let, let the doors of your heart op- swing open right now or some, something along those lines. And so I, I didn't know what that meant exactly. And I, I didn't know how to say it right, but I was finally to that point where I was like, you know, what? I don't, I don't know. Finally, I don't know. And so I'm going to open my heart like he's saying. And as soon as I did that, I it seriously felt like, you know, I, I felt these physical doors in my heart just swing wide open. And all wow. of a sudden, this moment of just the most intense love, like just flooded everything of my being. And it was it was really intense. Like it was it was as if liquid, you know, liquid love just came you know, pouring over me. And it was all of a sudden, I just, I felt this place of forgiveness. And I didn't understand what forgiveness meant until that point, because I didn't know what I needed to be forgiven for. I think I was to that point where, you know, um, sorry, my son just walked in. Um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I had no idea that this kind of forgiveness was available for me. Wow. And everything just broke off in that moment. And I finally was like, you know what, Jesus, I felt like I knew you, but I didn't know you until this moment. And so it's like, sorry, I'm getting all emotional now. Uh, <laughs> I I just broke. I mean, everything just like it it was as if, you know, weights came off of me and finally I was I was able to take a breath for the first time in my entire life. Like it was wow. never, never before that did did that thing, you know, that moment happen. And so that was for me, you know, the moment of salvation. Like it was, it, it truly felt as if somebody came in and told me everything that I needed forgiveness for. And, and then it finally happened. And it, it was, it seriously was as if I was standing in front of a judge with, with all these crimes laid to my account. And suddenly like this judge said, you're forgiven, you're pardoned, you can walk free now. And so like, it was just, it was incredible. So I left that night kind of, you know, not fully understanding everything that happened. And, and my friend there, who was my boss, she, she kind of started walking me through some things. And and she was like, yeah, you know, listen, this is, this is a new life for you. Like you can, you can live this life if you want. If, if you're, you know, you received Jesus, you can walk in newness of life, basically. And so um, I had gone back to that church to finish out their special event weekend. And um, I think the next two nights I'd gone and it, the next two nights I basically did the same thing. I went up to the front again and just, you know, surrendered again and surrendered everything over. And I remember just, you know, thinking, you know, man, what do I do after this? Like, where do I go? I was in this intense, um, it's basic, you know, it's basically an addiction, but the stuff that, 
you know, eating disorders and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's so intense that it, it really does take a miracle to, to, you know, be healed from something like that so quickly. Um, and so I was just like, okay, Lord, <laughs> obviously I can, you know, something crazy happened to me. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And I don't want to go back into the mess that I was just living in. And, and that was, you know, I, I've, I've been very brief and like, I haven't gone into the crazy details of everything that it had entailed, but basically like I said, I don't want that anymore. I, I want to be free from that. I don't want to go back into it. And so I remember my friend just telling me, she was like, you know, um, cause I had asked, asked her, you know, how do I move forward? And she said, you know what, just, just pray for, pray to, to have the strength to, to stop being involved in all the mess and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so I was like, wow, that's really simple, but okay. Um, so I prayed, I said, you know, Lord, strengthen me, give me, give me the strength to not do this anymore. And from that moment on, it was completely just like broken off of me. And to this day, I hadn't gone back into anything involved in that, like completely healed of eating disorder, completely healed of just every you know my body just being thrashed like just everything was was healed in that moment and it was crazy (laughs) I was like wow Wow. didn't you know I I had no idea it was that simple but at the same time you know not that simple it's just it's it's incredible how how it works and so yeah I that that was my salvation experience that is that is I, I'm, all these things are flooding through my mind as you talk about that summer, because I'm sitting here praising the Lord for his goodness. And you said something so important. It's simple, but it's not. It's like it's simple from our end. Yeah. It's what we can receive as a child. But then there's all of these other components. And when you're sharing about the, the component of the food, the eating disorders and things and all uh, of the darkness. Yeah. And how the Lord just flooded you with his light at yeah. that moment. And then, you know, one of the names of the Lord in the Old Testament is, I am the Lord who heals you. Yes. And that's what he has, he did in such a dramatic way in your life. And I'll tell you what struck me as you were, as you were sharing all of this is John chapter four, the woman by the well. And mm-hmm. in John, this is verse 39. He says, many Samaritans from that town believed in him. Why? Because of the woman's testimony. Be all that I ever did. Yes. All of that was encompassed in what you're talking about and just the power of that testimony, because nobody can come along and say, you know, there's no such thing as this Jesus stuff. It doesn't change guys. He can't change a life because you're a walking, living testimony of that. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Wow. Oh man. That is, that was just fantastic. What a great, what a great story. What a great testimony of the Lord's faithfulness. God's so good. Oh, man, is he ever. And, you know, when, he, when Scripture says, you know, it's not his will that any should perish, but all come to repentance. And it's things like this that you just see that in such dramatic fashion. And now, you know what I love? The whole time you can hear your family in the background. And yeah. <laughs> it's so good because that you're going to pass that heritage down to these kids. A yeah. godly heritage. And, yeah. and where are you at right now? What, where are you living? What state? Yeah, so I am in Southern Oregon, um, Klamath County. So Klamath oh, you're in Klamath. Falls. Yes, yes. Oh, I love yep. Klamath. My grandfather built saddles up there. I broke some colts up there. Worked a few cows in that country. Oh it's, wow! It's 
great. I love Klamath Falls. That's like it is amazing. And I, I didn't realize how awesome this whole area was until we moved here. Because when yeah. you think of Oregon, you kind of think of more of the, you know, Pacific Northwestern uh, scenery and it's more like where we are, I almost I think it looks more like Idaho or or even like Southern Colorado. It's very drastically different from the rest of the state. Yeah. Well, you can if you go out, you know, head up even whether you're going towards Chiliquin or you go out head east, you know, and out towards the desert. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it is just now. What where are you at? Like where if you're in Klamath, what where are you are you east of there, north or? Yeah, we're east. We're we're actually yeah. about an hour east of Klamath, so it's um, Bly. Bly is. Oh, you're country. in Bly. Okay. Yeah, we're in Bly, so it's really okay. that's the closest town to us. But yeah, really wow. small. Oh, we love it. That's just. And how long have you guys been there for? We have been here. My husband and I moved here as soon as we got married about eight years coming up on eight years in eight October. years yeah. yeah wow that's that is i i am so appreciative of you sharing that your your testimony in there and oh, when you talk about the numbness you talk about the depression the anxiety and how all of that the lord takes that and just casts it away because that's all the world has and yeah. you know as you in the art world you can see people running after the things of the world so hard yeah and when you get to the top, if you don't have Christ, uh, there's a lot of emptiness that happens uh, when wow. you hit these high points. And so everything you've shared is that because that's really what matters. Just yeah. exactly what you what you, you're talking about here is that relationship with the Lord and eternity. The idea that you faced eternity uh, and understood that you were young at that age too, but it had a grasp of those things. So a lot of guys, uh, you know, guys and girls that age, when I was that age, just like, I was just charging on, you know, sure. I don't know that I, I grasp it that much. Wow. That is just fantastic. Oh, um, as you, now, when you came to know the Lord, were there things that you had to overcome or was it a pretty cut and dried kind of a deal? You know, kind of, things happen fast for me in terms of just, you know, life changes and, and, but at the same time, obviously there were still things, you know, to work through, but, but not in regards to, you know, like, I, I guess I would put it this way. I, and it, it's probably a lot that I attribute to kind of my, the way that my personality is too. So I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty easygoing for the most part. Like I'm, you know, most people who meet me are like, you know, oh, she's very agreeable, very, um, you know, just very kind and, and um, just sweet, I guess. But I think those who really know me can see, you know, oh, she, she there's an intense personality there, like almost like all or nothing kind of a person mm. when it comes to, you know, just doing anything in life. And so I, I think I recognize, like, if I don't do this all out, like, I'm not going to do it at all. Oh, <laughs> so, Sure. So I, I, yeah, I, I just said, Lord, I, I want to live for you. And I, I, I saw the mess of what it looked like without you. And I don't want that anymore. Like, I don't want that ever again. And so I did, I made a lot of changes and, and nobody really had to come and, and tell me the things that, that I was doing wrong. Although I let people do that. Like I, I absolutely had, you know, men, mentors come into my life and my, you know, my pastor from this church come in and just really help me with, with just, you know, doing things right. And just learning the word of God was just so important because I hadn't ever really read the Bible much before this. Mm. Like I thought spot read sometimes, but I did, I never really dove into the word. And so I, I really just allowed the word of God to, 
just start sorting things out in my heart and, mm. and letting people come in and help me and just show me, you know, and give me wisdom. And so, so yeah, I was, I was able to just start getting things right in my life and lined up and, and learn, you know, honestly starting to learn the, the ways of God and just, you know, the things that, that Jesus said to do and, and the things that he said were right and were not right. And so mm. it was cool. It was, it was like, I was, you know, and I was young, I was a child, I, but I really felt like a baby just learning life all of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, that's how it is. It is. Well, there's a reason Paul talks about that. You know, we have milk and then there's meat and there's that whole growing process. And yeah. 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 And so I, I started going to the church that hosted that event, which is where my, um, my boss was, was at. And so, yeah, I started going and just absolutely fell in love with everybody. And I just remember, you know, one of the biggest testimonies that that church had was just the love that, that, that was just so beautiful and real. And I'm like, man, I've never met people who are so like, they genuinely love and they, they actually care. Like they, and I think some, you know, a lot of, sadly, a lot of people see that in, you know, God's true people. And it almost seems too good to be true. Like it, it, you know, people see it sometimes I think, and they're like, you know, Oh, it's just, you know, that that's, that's not real. You know, how could that be real? And I just remember thinking that and being like, man, you know, so I stuck around for a little bit and I, I started seeing, wow, these people are, these people are real and genuine. And so I just, it was, it was so cool. Um, and so, yeah, so I met the pastor and his family and funny enough, his, one of the pastor's unmarried sons <laughs> were, were playing drums. I think the first night I went, but I know I didn't see him. I actually, I think he saw me come to the church but he you know he didn't really say hi until later obviously you know he wanted he wanted to to um keep you know keep things right and all that which is the person I'm referring to is my husband now (laughs) oh no kidding oh that's so exciting yep so so I met I met my husband the first actual um you know normal service that I went to at that church and he laughs at me because um, I've, I looked back and I'm like, you know, I don't really fully remember when we first met. Cause I was so like, I was so excited just about the Lord and I, I wasn't looking at anything else or thinking about anything else. And he so respected that. And so he makes fun of me sometimes like, Oh, you don't remember the first time we met, but that's okay. <laughs> and so, um, and he, again, he was just, he was so sweet through it all. And obviously, you know, he wasn't thinking anything along the terms of, you know, like, oh, you know, I'd love to, to date this girl one day or something. He's, he's just, you know, a sweet guy. And so um, six months later, I hadn't seen him for, for six months because he, he basically disappeared <laughs> to come work on his family's ranch up in Oregon. Oh, and, okay. Um, so I, I think he had come up just to, you know, take some time and just pray and, and be working, working on some things up here. And, and during that time I was, I had just gotten plugged into the church and, you know, just got awesome girls around me to help me and to, you know, see me grow in the Lord. Um, and then, so yeah, six months later, after I started coming to the church, Daniel is my husband's name. He came back down to San Diego cause his parents, um, that's where he grew up was in San Diego 
on a little horse ranch on the outskirts of the town. Um, and so that's where kind of they're based, but they had gotten this ranch um, a few years earlier from when I started coming to the church and they, mm. they just got this place up and going. And so he came back down and I started kind of, you know, just noticing that he was around and just noticed that he was an awesome guy. I was like, Oh, cool. So we started, um, he was actually leading the youth at that time. <laughs> he was a few years, he's a few years older than me. And so, um, yeah, he was, he was leading youth and I actually started going to youth. And so that's one of the other things we kind of laugh about is, Oh, you know, you were my youth leader and I fell in love with my youth leader kind of. Thing. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so, so we started hanging out in group settings and, you know, just going out to frozen yogurt as a crew after church and stuff like that. And then things kind of developed and we started, you know, just noticing that, oh, you know, we have a lot in common and, and there's a lot of things that, that, um, you know, we like about each other. And so we kind of got the okay and, and started not officially dating, but, but just hanging out more, you know? And so, um, then I found out that, well, I knew this already, but I found out that they needed some help up at the up at the ranch up here, uh, which they were also going to be starting a church at. And with my background and just animals and, um, you know, being around ranches as a kid, I was so excited. I was like, I want to be there. I want to be helping. And um, I knew that they had, you know, kind of a, a vision with missions and they had already been just leading stuff in that. So I got really excited and I said, you know what? I, I want to go check it out. So I came up to the Oregon ranch in 2014 and um you know I told Daniels like I'd love to just go check it out and see how I can help and so I came up absolutely fell in love with it um kind of gave it a test run and I think he was watching at that point too because he knew that that's where he wanted to be long term Mm -hmm. and he wanted to see if you know if I was cut out for it basically (laughs) um and so he saw that I just started thriving here and um, so that was, that was basically another six months after that, that we started getting more serious and it turned out, you know, we, we started dating and he proposed pretty quick. Cause it was like, we just, we knew and yeah. it was, I think it, it kind of freaked some people out. Like, oh my goodness, they, you know, they met each other just over a year before this just started dating. Is this, you know, should we be careful here? <laughs> But we just, we knew, and it was just, it was just, you know, one of those things that God did. Yeah. And so we, we got married almost, uh, or I think it might've actually been exactly a year from the time we got married. Um, so yeah, we got married up here in Oregon and we just charged the, the ranching aspect of life and just dove into it. And we've been, we've been up here ranching ever since for almost eight years now. And just, we love it. Wow. That oh I, that that all is just so good, and you know it really helps flesh out in terms of you know I always tell everybody that if you if you love horses it's a sign of genius you know so that's just how I view it that you know but it's so great to see how the Lord puts you guys together to where it goes back to Amos three three you know how can two walk together unless they've agreed to do so but you guys they're just doing a wonderful thing and uh, it's really great wasn't that a wonderful conversation with Summer. 
Now, we'll finish that conversation on the next episode, so you won't want to miss it. Now, all the contact information for Summer is in the show notes, so you can be sure and drop her a note of encouragement. And disciples, thank you for listening to the podcast. Now, don't forget to share, or if you can, give a review or a rating on your favorite platform. What that does is that helps other people find the podcast on that particular platform. Now, you can keep in touch with me on Instagram or on Gab at The Creator's Calling. The music on the podcast is by Chris Matson. You can follow him at Chris Matson Worship at both Instagram and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And please, join me next time as together we follow Jesus and listen for The Creator's Calling. Bye for now.